Section 44 of Stories of the Scottish Border by Mr. and Mrs. William Platt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 41 Gilderoy. Gilderoy was a celebrated and most daring highwayman who roamed far and was well known all over Scotland and indeed in London. His death inspired a very striking ballad, but this is hardly a border lowland ballad, but refers chiefly to another border district, namely that between the lowlands and highlands. Just as the Scottish lowlanders thought the English their legitimate quarry, so the highlanders in turn looked upon the lowlanders as created to supply them with all they lacked. There is a story on record of a highland chief who, finding his men had carelessly robbed another highlander, returned the spoil with a handsome apology, and issued stringent orders that in future nothing was to be taken except in the lowlands, where all men make their prey. Among the robber clans of the highlands, the MacGregors stand easily in the first rank. In a long series of Scottish Acts of Parliament, they are habitually referred to as the wicked clan Gregor, so long continuing in blood, slaughter, theft and robbery. One of their most famous exploits was the Battle of Glenfruin, when they defeated their enemies, the Colhouns, and slew two hundred of them. The Colhouns appeared before the king at Stirling, with the bloody shirts stripped off their dead, and the law was put in motion against the MacGregors more vigorously than ever. This was in 1603. The execution of Gilderoy, as described in our poem, took place in 1638. His real name was Patrick MacGregor, and the fact that he belonged to this Ishmaelite clan, whose hand was directed against every man, and whose very name had been solemnly abolished, may well serve as an excuse for his career of crime. Gilderoy, in Gaelic, means the red-haired gilly, or lad, and besides the name, there are many other points of similarity between him and Rob Roy, who was the head of the clan MacGregor in the following century. Both Gilderoy and Rob Roy were professional blackmailers. That is, they could be relied on never to plunder anyone who was prudent enough to buy them off by paying a fixed contribution. This is what is meant in the following lines of the ballad. All these did honestly possess, he never did annoy, who never failed to pay their cess to my love Gilderoy. The cess is the blackmail or insurance against robbery. The widespread reputation of Gilderoy is attested by the many legends of him which are printed in the old chapbooks and lives of the highwaymen. According to these authorities, Gilderoy once robbed Oliver Cromwell near Glasgow. But an even more romantic episode of his career was a roaming trip upon the continent, in the course of which he is said to have picked Cardinal Richelieu's pocket while he was celebrating Mass in the King's presence at the Church of Saint-Denis in Paris. He made his way even to Madrid, where he succeeded in carrying off the Duke of Medina Cell's plate. Altogether, a most notorious and dashing cataran. The ballad is supposed to be spoken by a young woman who had all her life been attached to him. 
Gilderoy was a bonny boy, had roses to his shoon. His stockings were of silk and soy, with garters hanging down. It was, I ween, a comely sight to see so trim a boy. He was my joe and heart's delight, my handsome Gilderoy. My Gilderoy and I were born both in one town together. We scant were seven years before we gan to love each other. Our daddies and our mammies they were filled with meckle joy to think upon the bridal day of me and Gilderoy. But there intervened the spirit of adventure which had ever been the birthright of all of his surname. Oh, that he still had been content with me to lead his life, but ah, his manful heart was bent to stir in deeds of strife, and he in many a venturous deed his courage bold would try, and now this gars my heart to bleed for my dear Gilderoy. No doubt those who knew Gilderoy personally would have agreed, as was actually said of Rob Roy, that he was a benevolent and humane man in his way. My Gilderoy, both far and near, was feared in every tune, and boldly bore away the gear of many a lowland loon. For man to man durst meet him none, he was so brave a boy. At length with numbers he was ta'en, my winsome Gilderoy. He was not so fortunate as Rob Roy, who ultimately died peacefully in his bed. Gilderoy had lost the game, and he had to pay the stakes. Of Gilderoy so feared were they, they bound him fast and strong. To Edinburgh they led him there, and on a gallows hung. They hung him high above the rest, he was so trim a boy. There died the youth whom I love best, my handsome Gilderoy. Thus perished one of the characteristic products of an age whose standards were so different from ours that we can hardly judge him fairly. He was banned before his birth, a scion of a race so indomitably and innately ferocious that the law attempted to extirpate them root and branch. The very name of Gregor could be given by no clergyman at baptism under penalty of deprivation and banishment. Cunning and politic neighbours were not slow to take advantage of the stubborn disposition of the MacGregors and gradually stripped them of their once extensive lands in Argyll and Perthshire. Gilderoy might well consider that he was an honester man than stood on any of their shanks. And we may be excused for feeling a very lively sympathy with him, and for echoing in our inmost hearts the exquisitely feminine point of view expressed by the lady composer of the ballad. If Gilderoy had done amiss, he might have banished been. Ah, oh, what sore cruelty is this! to hang such handsome men, to hang the flower of Scottish land, so sweet and fair a boy. No lady had so white a hand as thee, my Gilderoy. When he had yielded up his breath, I bear his corpse away. With tears that trickled for his death, I washed his comely clay. And sicker in a grave so deep, I laid the dear-loved boy and now for ever mon I weep, my winsome Gilderoy. End of section 44